0: Good afternoon and welcome back to Midday Magazine. I'm Shelby Herbert, reporting for KFSK. The state of Alaska is claiming victory in a subsistence case argued before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The state challenged the authority of the Federal Subsistence Board to open an emergency hunt aimed at helping people in cake get food at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. The board allowed a 60-day emergency hunt for moose and deer. By the time the case was before a judge, the hunt was over, but the Ninth Circuit ruled this week that the judge was wrong to dismiss the challenge as moot or no longer applicable. The appeals court said the state should be able to make its case to a district court judge because similar circumstances could arise again. Seniors are arriving in Sitka, And that means the start of the Sitka Sound sacro-herring fishery is around the corner. State fishery managers did their first aerial survey on Sunday, covering an area from Bjorka Island to Krestoff Sound. No spawn or schools of fish were observed during the first survey, but predators were observed along the Kruzoff Island shoreline. And humpback whales were counted in the waters between Inner Point and Hayward Strait and in deeper water west of the Sigenica C- Islands. On Tuesday, they flew again surveying from Pavertani Point to Salisbury Sound. Again, no spawn or herring schools were observed, and a press release from the Alaska Department of Fishing Game noted an unusual number of whales and sea lions in atypical locations for this type time of year. The commercial herring fishery isn't on a two hour notice quite yet. One state biologist de- determined that, that the conditions are right to gear up for the fishery, they'll hold a preseason meeting that will be open to the public on Zoom. Then they'll announce fishery openings over VHF radio. Area area management biologist Aaron Dupree says staffing shortages have delayed the release of the annual Sacro management plan. But on Tuesday, his department issued a a press release with some details on plans for commercial and subsistence management. This year's guideline harvest level is over 30,000 tons of herring, 20 percent of the projected biomass of fish. The herring population estimate isn't record-breaking like last year's, but is still projected to be one of the highest in the last five decades. According to the release, so far, there's no official agreement between the department and the industry on this year's harvest strategy and whether it will be competitive or non-competitive, but it's likely it will be structured similar to the last two years. The commercial herring fishery has been under scrutiny for years, and in 2018, the Sitka tribe of Alaska sued the state over management of the fishery. The case made it all the way to the Alaska Supreme Court, which heard oral arguments in December. A written decision is forthcoming. As previously reported by Alaska Public Media, the ongoing backlog in processing food stamp applications continues to impact thousands of Alaskans. The Division of Public Assistance says it has hired more staff to help address the month-long delay and is making changes to improve the assistance program. But for now... That is little consolation for Alaskans currently trying to make ends meet without essential food assistance. Sean McDermott reports from Homer.
1: Allie, who's going by just her first name in this story to protect her privacy, is a young mother in Homer. She applied in early December to renew her family's food stamps, known as the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP Benefits. Like thousands of other Alaskans, she had to scramble to keep food on the table as she waited and waited to hear back from the Division of Public Assistance.
2: We're definitely pinching pennies right now. Yeah, we haven't really been able to, like for certain, know what we're going to have for dinner. We're actually pretty down to the bottom of our freezer at this point.
1: Allie has a three-year-old son, and even with her former SNAP benefits and working a full-time job, she says after paying her bills, she only has about $200 left each month for her family's other expenses.
2: So not having it, I didn't realize how much we actually depended on it. These past two months, I'm definitely struggling. I've had to ask one of my coworkers to borrow money, which I always immediately pay back as soon as I get paid, but
1: yeah. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the state made it easier to receive SNAP benefits. More than 90,000 people used the program in 2022. That's one in eight Alaskans. But last summer, the state began requiring people to reapply, sparking a massive backlog at the state agency. Allie says it's been difficult to get through to the Division of Public Assistance to recertify her benefits. On one call, she spent hours on hold before abruptly getting cut off when the agency's office is closed for the day.
2: The first time, it was around noon, and I was, like, number 200-something in the queue. And the next day, I called exactly at 8 a.m. when they opened, and I was still number 90-something in the queue.
1: This crisis prompted a class-action lawsuit against the state at the end of January. Nick Ferranti is an attorney with the Northern Justice Project, one of the law firms leading the case. With people going hungry, he says it was a necessary step.
3: The class action lawsuit is focused on ensuring that the state has procedures and policies and a workforce in place to make sure that vulnerable people in Alaska going forward get their benefits on time.
1: Although Ferranti says the lawsuit is unlikely to speed up the process for current applicants, it aims to improve the public agency from ensuring sufficient staffing to language accessibility.
3: Part of this lawsuit is also meant to ensure that people who don't speak English have an ability to interface with the department effectively. And that's something that Alaska is very behind on. There are people in Alaska who only speak Yupik and have been speaking that for thousands of years longer than any of us have been here.
1: Franti says the backlog in food assistance and the burden of navigating applications, renewing benefits, and accessing services falls unequally on rural communities.
3: It's a terrible problem because... You have people in dispersed rural communities in this state who really rely on these benefits who aren't receiving them. And I've received just heartbreaking calls.
1: Heidi Hedberg, the commissioner of the Alaska Department of Health, which oversees the Division of Public Assistance, says the state is working to make changes.
4: This is very much of an all-hands-on-deck, and we are all working 100% of our time dedicated to addressing the backlog within the Division of Public Assistance.
1: Hedberg says since November, 16 technicians have been working exclusively on processing the backlog. The DPA has made recent hires and now has over 100 eligibility workers, but they still have 55 positions they hope to fill. The division also plans to shift from requiring people to renew their SNAP benefits every six months to once a year. A change the commissioner says the state will be ready to implement later this summer. She says the state recently finished reprogramming the division's eligibility information system. So SNAP recertifications from February, March, and April could be automatically extended for six months without people having gaps in assistance.
2: So essentially what that did was it created a stop gap. So the backlog for SNAP recertifications is contained.
1: But there are still around 5,000 SNAP applications remaining from November, December, and January, which Commissioner Hedberg estimates will take another two months to process. Because of older technology, which was updated at the beginning of the year, the state has to process last fall's applications manually.
4: So I know the state has been saying that they've cleared September cases. Uh, that's not been our experience. We're still seeing some people who haven't had benefits since September, definitely October and, you know, any time since
1: then. That's Lee Dickey, the Advocacy Director of Alaska Legal Services, an organization providing free legal services for people struggling to access benefits. Dickie says her office has fielded a huge influx of claims about delayed SNAP benefits since last fall, closing more than 500 cases since September.
4: Just to compare kind of the crisis time with non-crisis time, on March 1st of last year, 2022, we had 100 open SNAP cases. And on March 1st of this year, we had 612 open SNAP cases.
1: So it's enormous. The best course of action for anyone waiting more than 30 days for their applications to be processed is to file a fair hearing request. Dickey says everyone who is eligible for benefits has a legal right to get them on time.
4: When the state violates that, then they have the right to request a fair hearing. And then the state's obligated to respond to those fair hearing requests within 10 days.
1: After connecting with Alaska Legal Services for help filing a fair hearing request, Allie and Homer got her benefits restored in early March. While she says it's a relief, she still feels stressed and doesn't know if she'll be able to pay back family members she borrowed money from to make it through.
2: I'm not ashamed of my struggles. I grew up homeless mostly, jumping from homeless shelter to homeless shelter all my childhood. I'm kind of used to the struggle, if that makes sense. <laughs> but now I have the child that I have to take care of and stress me out.
1: Dickey says anyone waiting more than 30 days for the state to process their SNAP or Medicaid application can file a fair hearing request themselves, but encourages people to reach out to Alaska Legal Services if they need assistance, or if the state doesn't respond within 10 days. Reporting in Homer, I'm Sean McDermott.
0: Some Alaskans recognized a familiar face on stage at the 95th Annual Academy Awards on Sunday night. An actor born and raised in Ketchikan was celebrating their movie's big win. Tally Metal co-starred in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which took home a total of seven Oscars, including Best Picture. Reagan Miller caught up with the actor in Ketchikan.
5: Even before Oscar night, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once had already won a bevy of awards, like an Outstanding Cast Award from the Screen Actors Guild, two Golden Globes, and a Writers Guild of America Award. According to IGN, even before the Oscars, it had already claimed the title of most awarded movie ever. So, co-star Tali Madel was hopeful the streak would continue on Oscar night. The movie had already racked up six awards by the time Harrison Ford came out on stage to present the award for Best Picture. After all, their co-star Ki Hoi Kwan, who some might remember as Data from the Goonies, had acted alongside Ford in an Indiana Jones movie decades ago, and Madel took it as a sign.
4: We, at that point, had already won so many awards, besides these Oscars, too. So, leading up to the Best Picture announcement, it seemed clear that we were poised to win.
5: And they did. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, an A24 film that premiered at the South by Southwest Film Festival last year, won Best Picture it beat-out competition like Top Gun Maverick, Avatar, The Way of Water, and Elvis. In total, the movie earned seven Oscars. Medell says it was overwhelming to look out from the stage as producer Jonathan Wang accepted the Best Picture Oscar.
4: I didn't look at the audience much because I think I might have... Um, you know, collapsed <laughs> from seeing so many, you know, the faces of artists that I've always looked up to and admired.
5: But Medell says the win just felt right. They played the part of Becky, girlfriend to the character Joy Wang, played by Stephanie Shu. Here they are quipping to Wang's parents, Evelyn and Waymond, in the first few minutes of the movie. I always learn something when I hang out with the
4: elderly. Old people are very wise. <laughs>
5: Madell's character struggles to be accepted by her girlfriend's parents, who immigrated from China, and her traditional grandfather, who Joy's parents don't want to know they're dating. It's one of the struggles that contributes to Joy's character being taken over by a force from another universe, and kind of going off the deep end and creating an everything bagel that could wreak havoc. You know why I actually built the bagel?
4: It wasn't to destroy everything. It was to destroy myself.
5: The movie is a fast-paced sci-fi that follows Joy's mother as she jumps through bizarre and absurd universes, trying to reconcile the things that could have been if her life had been different. In some worlds, she's a martial arts pro. In others, a movie star. In some, she divorces her husband or never moves to America. Medell explains it like this.
4: I think a message that we can roll in for this time that's from the film is nothing matters but that also means that we can do anything we want um you know it's it's ours to create and it's ours to heal
5: between oscar night and the various after parties madel says it's been a whirlwind
4: it's been absolutely surreal i'm so happy for everybody and i'm so honored
5: Maddell plans to stay in Los Angeles for the next month before jumping into more projects. Maddell also teaches clowning theater classes and is the founding member of the three-person dance group Cocoon Central Dance Team. They are working on a screenplay about Ketchikan, which still holds a special place in their heart.
4: I'm really grateful to everybody in Ketchikan for being so supportive and so kind.
5: Maddell remembers taking classes at the Ketchikan Theater Ballet and performing with First City Players. Madell says they owe a lot to this town of nearly 14,000.
4: And Alaska has just so many amazing artists. Aren't we so lucky?
5: They hope to visit again soon. They were in town last summer teaching classes with First City Players. Elizabeth Nelson, First City Players Executive Director, hopes to see Madel again soon.
3: I think really what I would say about Tally is that she is, one of the kindest, most open people I know, and how she is able to just take what is such a gorgeous sense of play and performance and make other people feel that they can do exactly what she does. But there's just such an open kindness about her. I am thrilled for her. And it's
0: safe to say that Medell is thrilled, too. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller.